This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Reporting from the Ziggurat at Omaha, it's time for the weekly Nerd News Update with your two-headed correspondent, John Matt. Welcome to your THN Nerd News Update for the week of 318 to 325. I believe that's still March. I'm your head number one, and my name is Matt Baum. I have gone to the fact checkers, and they have confirmed, yes, it is indeed still March. We don't need fact checkers when we have Macho, remember? The current month is March. Uh, I have consulted Macho. Uh, And I'm your head number two, the Internet's Joe Patrick. And first up, we are sorting through the rubble of Shazam! Fury of the Gods' box office premiere and subsequent bombing at the movie theaters. (laughs) You got that right, Joey. Well, Shazam 2 was projected to actually make 30 to $40 million over its $125 million budget on its opening weekend. Instead, Shazam grossed just over $30 million, leaving everyone connected to the film to come up with excuses as to why the movie bombed. And the popular theory seems to be... It's The Rock's fault. (laughs) Joe, (laughs) what the hell happened to this movie? Was this lack of interest? Was this a bad trailer? Nerds waiting for Gunn to take over? Or as the tabloids would have us believe, are we actually hitting superhero movie fatigue? (laughs) Oh, God, I hate that so much. No. Uh, We're hitting maybe shitty Superhero movie fatigue. Okay, that's uh, just it. Let's just let's just take that off the board real quick because they don't ask questions like this when a drama bombs or when a horror movie bombs. So you go, oh, right, I no, guess, no one is like, oh no, it's no horror movies are over. No, I guess we can't make movies about Steven Spielberg's family anymore. You know, like give me a break. <laughs> I mean, and and look, it's not as far as these things go. Fifty-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like I've seen worse, especially from DC. Well, I, I mean, so I, I put not, that in like, there because it, like, just to put it next to the other film, which was at like in the eighties. This one's about thirty percent lower. No, the yeah, other yeah, film no, grossed I, fifty-six I, million on its opening weekend. This one grossed about thirty percent lower than that. Like everything is dialed sure, back. Sure, sure. And you know what? I didn't even I didn't even scroll down far enough to see that you'd put that in the notes. I just looked it up myself and. Uh, like I, there are certainly worse reviewed superhero movies that do much much better at the Ant box Man. office. Look Ant- at Ant Man's a perfect example. Well, Ant Man's better than fifty one percent, but yes. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I don't think it is. I think Quantum Mania is at like forty. No, they were like I thought it was fifty seven, or it was a forty seven. Yeah, it's it's pretty low. Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania is at forty seven percent. Oh, all right. Well, there you have it. But again, $300 million worldwide. So (laughs) what do you do? I mean, that's also not, I mean, after how long? That's also not. Well, no, but opening weekend, they they passed the $100 million mark without problem. So. Right, right. Uh, I don't know, man. I I, I don't know what it is. I'm not sure what it is. You would think like for all the people that liked Shazam 1, they would see Shazam 2. And I can't imagine that anybody outside of knowledgeable comic book readers are going to look at the Black Adam movie and point to it as a reason for its 
okay, so let's talk about that for a second. Because and also plenty of people liked the Black Adam movie too. Sure, but let's talk about that for a minute. I'm not saying that Black Adam, because Black Adam bombed, that directly affected this. What I will say is, so Zachary Levi came out, put out like an Instagram post or something where he all but blamed The Rock for not letting characters from the JSA, which would have been Hawkman and Cyclone, neither of which I particularly cared for, but whatever, show up in the tra- in the post-credit clip for this to ask Shazam to join the JSA. He said, The Rock said, no, won't let him do it because The Rock reportedly was trying to spin his own, this is back like months ago when he was doing the commercials, like, please go see my movie. It's my passion project. He was right. secretly trying to put together a Black Adam versus Henry Cavill Superman movie. And he was going to right. build a whole new DCU around him, which... I don't know if he thinks like the WB is is like a ship in off the coast of like Southern Africa that anybody could roll up on and just be like, I'm the captain now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was captain. He was captain Phillips in the DC, the DCU. So, but let's talk about that for a second because there's an element here that I don't think a credit cookie saves a movie. It's Levi. So whatever, dude, that is bullshit. If true, and it sounds like it's been corroborated a little bit that The Rock may have thrown his weight around and gotten what he wanted. But I do think that not putting Black Adam in this movie versus Shazam, you could have taken a movie that didn't do so great, reinvigorated interest in that movie in Black Adam and put the two stars against each other in this movie, and I'll bet you have a much bigger blockbuster. You've got the I, Rock I versus mean, Zachary yeah, Levi. It, it's, it's like the way it should have gone was Shazam 1, Black Adam, Shazam 2, co-starring Black Adam. Yes! I mean, it just makes sense. And honestly, I think a lot, whether or not the, there's comic book fans like you and I who are like, we get it, we know their history, it just makes sense. Like instead we have a credit cookie where the Suicide Squad shows up to see if Shazam wants to be part of it. Like, what the hell sense does that well, make? <laughs> you know? Not the Suicide Squad. It's Remember, it was Harcourt and right. Economos. So but they're it was working for Amanda Waller. So I mean I don't Right, know. but in the in Black Adam, the Justice Society also worked for Amanda Waller. That's like true. she's the one that sent them. So which I don't which like that I, either. I don't love, by the way. But like that's not a way to get me to feel confident about your It just seems like they got you is to say that the Justice Society works for the same woman that assembled the Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's just stupid. But it just seems like they got so far ahead of their skis. Never mind the fact that this is all going away after Flashpoint and we don't have to worry about it. I think that might be the other aspect of it, too. I think too many people know James Gunn is coming on board with Peter Safran. They are starting over and everybody just went, I'm done. Fine. Even the Snyder Bros are like, it, we're done. We'll just take our victory lap every time something doesn't make $100 million and say, see, we did it. This is a. This is a win for misogyny and racism. <laughs> Whatever, sure, you know? right. But it's like yeah. everybody is just done. And on top of that, with all the piling on, there's this rumor that Gal Gadot's cameo as Wonder Woman was completely deep faked. She was never there. <laughs> the director. Oh, no, she was there. The director says it's not true. But here's the thing. He was not there to direct that scene. He directed it via Zoom because of what he says was a problem with his visa. He couldn't go to England to direct the scene. They had her body double there. He couldn't work in England. She, That's- right. She was not there. Godot was not there. Her body, her body double was, and they filmed Godot's scenes in Atlanta. 
So everyone's like, well, how does that work if it's not a deep fake? Like, you know, they there are some effects happening here. I'm not saying they completely just like took her face off and stuck it on her. And there's your Wonder Woman moment for the Snyder bros. So they can be like, well, but, see, uh, like there's <laughs> you can clearly see Gal, G- Gal Gadot in in. I don't disagree in that scene. I don't like, disagree. They, but, but body double, like body doubles, uh, stunt doubles appear in all sorts of scenes. I, you, you know, they, right. But so, I mean, I haven't seen the scene, so I don't know. It looks. I've weird. only seen. It looks, I've only seen that little snippet where she, you know, cracks a joke at Shazam and then walks away. Yeah, that's the only snippet that she like is actually in. The rest of it is body double and visual effects, and it doesn't look great one of the complaints and i haven't seen it yet well i mean clearly yeah it sounds like they had some yeah (laughs) organizational issues like this whole thing and like at in the aftermath the director's like done i'm going back to horror movies you know and levi (laughs) is like and they're apologizing to everybody the rock is hiding right now because no one's ever been mad at the rock and i'll bet he's crying (laughs) like he's a he's a big tough guy but i'll bet he's crying his eyes out somewhere right now no 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 no. why can't we just walk away from the dcu and just go hey we're done anyway james gunn's gonna fix it later don't worry (laughs) i don't get it and meanwhile and meanwhile i i can only assume that james gunn and peter safran who is we keep forgetting to mention that he is like james gunn is not an island i've said safran's name twice now during this i know but you know what i'm saying people are like james gunn james gunn james gunn it's not the james gunn show he's the story i can I can only assume that James Gunn and Peter Safran are out there like having their own like they've got their own like private text chain like we do when we're. When oh, we're, sure. Uh, it's not a private text chain. They're, no, they're the on text. our discord right now under different. Right. Text. They're in, they're in a private <laughs> meeting room on our discord yeah. planning the future. No, this. they're in the public. Um, but they're just not pretending to be them. They have fake names. Right. So they can. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, but I can only assume that like they're texting each other going, what is he, what is he saying now? What, what is happening? What? And like all they want to do, I, these guys are just like, we just want to wipe the slate clean and start over. Yes. That, okay. That's the other side of this. There is not another movie studio out there with this much like public airing of grievances going on. Yeah, it's true. I don't get it's it. true. It's like a real housewives episode <laughs> at this point. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh right, yeah. And I then just, uh, and then what's a name flip the table over or whatever. Right. We've never lived through anything like that. Because normally it's just so buttoned up and everybody's just like, if there's a failure, Hollywood just goes, oh, I don't even know what movie you're talking about. The next movie coming out is this. And instead, right. like everybody's just out there going, well, and, and, are they I think it was the politics. I think it was because Zach Levi said anti-vax stuff. I think it was because pro-vax people are, you know, like, no, I think honestly, I think the trailer didn't look great. I think they screwed up by not putting black Adam in it. And I think everybody knows this is all going away. And that adds up to, I don't care. I think it's the last one. Most of all, I think people, I think people know that James Gunn, uh, people have heard it's been, it's been big Hollywood news, not just big nerd news. Right. These guys, like the guy that made Guardians of the Galaxy is coming to reboot the DC movie universe. And I think that civilians, for lack of a better term, muggles. Muggles, yeah, <laughs> are are seeing um, are seeing these movies based on the old stuff and yeah. wondering why they should care. Now, what does this mean for the Flash? Do you think they're scared? No, let's be. Don't her- you know? Haven't you heard, Matt? Tom Cruise has seen the Flash, and he loved it so much that he called the director personally. Uh huh. Look, okay, to tell him so. I'm willing to make a nerd bet right now. 
that opening weekend. That is the funniest shit I've ever heard. I can't believe that that was it's an actual so story stupid. that I read. That sounds to me like the studio is terrified and they're leaking anything they can. <laughs> you don't understand, you guys. Tom Cruise loves it. I'm not saying the right. Flash bombs. I will say I don't think it makes more than $130 million opening weekend. That would beat Ant-Man. I'm saying it doesn't beat Ant-Man opening um, weekend. You want to take that bet? Sure, I'll take that. Okay, just, so just to see. I think that the Flash movie has something that uh, the Shazam movies and even Ant Man don't, and that is Batman, Batman, the Flash, and Supergirl. Sure. And I think that that's going to be a. Uh, I think that that's going to change the game, no matter what the movie is about, Maybe. or what the reviews. are. It could be, and I'm willing to and be I, wrong. Like here. people are going to be like, I got to take the kid to see the new Batman movie, right? And, and it's yeah. I'm willing to be wrong no. here. I'm just saying, I think it's f- a fun gamble to take. I'm a gamble no, no, no. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to go with you on that. I'm willing to take that bet because I like, I can see it both ways, and right. I'm willing to come down on the side of yes, it will make at least 130 million i'm not gonna say it's gonna be 300 million, <laughs> right but i don't understand what's happening I, I i don't understand what's happening and most of all i can't understand why we can't just let it go yeah uh, that's and, and you that's like, a thing like if look if they are trying to clear the deck and reset everything why are they allowing shit shows like this to continue? Why not just right. say, hey, everyone, sign this. It says that if you say a word about your movie after it comes out, you never work for Warner Brothers again, you know? Well, but that's just it. I, is the right, like, maybe the writing's on the wall for these guys. Is it, and Zachary Levi's like, there's never going to be a Shazam 3. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter what credit cookie they put in the movie. They're not going to put me in the new right. Justice League. He knows. And he's like, whatever, I'll get on my Instagram and say whatever I want because he's got a track record of doing just that already. It's true. Like David Harbour could have gone on his Instagram after Hellboy and been like, what a piece of shit. Sure, right. (laughs) Instead, he did the right thing. He got depressed, he drank too much, and then he got a job making Stranger Things, you know? (laughs) Good for him. (laughs) He knew that there was a new season of Stranger Things already coming, so he was like, I gotta be cool. I gotta be cool. Yeah. Not to defend... The Rock's disingenuous behavior because by all accounts, not just Levi's, he did actually do these things. Yeah, like, it sounds like it. The David Sandberg, like the director of the movie, was like, yeah, The Rock wouldn't let us do it. Yeah. And which is a, a bonkers phrase to say out loud and then actually believe that it has any weight behind it. Right, like I believe that happens at the WWE. Makes sense. The Rock was, yeah, I'm, not, right. I'm not losing to that guy. I can see Vince going, of course you're not. You're The Rock. We get it. Speaking of WWE, you've got WrestleMania next weekend. How they didn't get this set up for a celebrity match with Zachary Levi as Shazam versus The Rock as Black Adam is beyond me. But The Rock coming in and being like, you know what the DCU needs? As someone who doesn't read these comics, I'll tell you exactly what it needs. It needs Black yeah, Adam versus right. Superman. You know, like and it's like uh, I understand. Like I understand. <laughs> I, I I get it. The Rock is is at the moment one of the most profitable action stars on the planet. But the DC you already had Ben Affleck. Like it already are. It already had right. major stars. Right. Major. And uh, so, not to defend what the Rock did like his diva like behavior because like he came around like in the in the lead up to black Adam, he's like this is it you guys this is going to change the hierarchy of power in the dc universe yeah well, like he said that's an actual quote right he'd been the planning rock. this like he's i'm taking over i'm just taking and, over <laughs> and 
you know, and Harvey Locust pointed out in the chat this week that the reason there's a Shazam franchise at all is because of The Rock. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But then I looked it up and guess who's an executive producer on Shazam 1? Yeah. Dwayne Johnson. It's true. And so, like, yeah, maybe this is his baby, right? This corner of the DCU is his baby. But when the movie came out, immediately following, you know, they announced Henry Cavill back as Superman and then took it back. And now James Gunn and Peter Safran are rebooting everything. The Rock did what every good athlete knows how to do after a loss. He he went out and he was like, "All I know how to do is my best." Mm-hmm. You know, we, we tried and I did my best and yeah, 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 yeah. And that's it. And that's great. And Zachary Levi is on his Instagram talking about like you guys. I'm just here to defend. He starts talking about defending people. It's like, who are you defending? Well, then he talks about living in the truth, living in, living in the truth. (laughs) And it's like, what are you a cult leader? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, the whole thing, the whole thing is a mess. And I'll tell you what, this whole drama is probably (laughs) more entertaining (laughs) than the actual movie. Oh, I guarantee it is. No, definitely. And it's cause like part of me is like, come on, Warner brothers, pull up your pants. You're embarrassing yourself. But the other part of me is like, you are showing your, you are showing your entire ass. The other part of me is like, somebody go buy Warner brothers, another shot. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Let's, let's see how sloppy we can get them. Let's move on to comic news. Marvel has revealed more summer event plans complete with a swimsuit splash image for the sexiest parasites in the 616. The summer of symbiotes. Yeah. As part (laughs) of Venom's 35th anniversary celebration, Marvel is launching a host of ongoing series, limited series and crossovers spotlighting Venom, Carnage, Red Venom, Red Goblin, and many more starting (laughs) this May. Uh, you know the Gold Goblin's going to be there because he's on one of the covers too. Yeah, of course they're all uh, the the swimsuit image by Philip Tan and Scott Williams is a direct homage to Jim Lee's pinup in the back of X Men number one from 1991. Scott Williams also inked that image. That's kind of fun, right? I mean, like full circle, baby. That's kind of fun. Like, look, swimsuit issues and i mean they're not doing a venom swimsuit issue it's just a summer pun it's just a promotional image and it was cute people and it's fun like i i looked at that and i immediately knew i immediately knew what it was and i laughed i was like that's that's funny some people some of us on our on our discord were like oh get up swimsuit issue like no 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 (laughs) brian Brian domingos (laughs) immediately recognized it as well he's like ah it's the jim lee uh the jim lee swimsuit pinup and yeah, it's cute. Like I laughed at it. And so let's do a quick rundown. It's not going to get me to, it's not going to like it well, entice me to read anymore, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. Before we'll see. we we'll, judge, let's, let's, let's get into the rundown. Let's run down the titles and let's see you. I'll do the first one. You can do the next one. All right. So first, okay, yeah. of course we got Venom. Crafted by a mastermind team of Al Ewing and Cafu, Al Ewing's Venom book has been very good. Venom's current ongoing series will continue to explore the transformative journeys of both Eddie Brock and Dylan Brock, a saga spanning time and space. Eddie's come face-to-face with worst parts of himself in the form of new villain Bedlam, while Dylan, Eddie's kid, has followed in his father's footsteps, embracing his own symbiote and becoming a new Marvel hero. And this summer, their symbiote family is about to grow even larger. They can have a baby. 
The dad and the kid? I don't know. They just said the family's about to grow larger. I, I, I mean, <laughs> maybe, maybe a kid makes a mistake, like, Joe, you know? You know, maybe it's more of a found family, man. I mean, these things happen. My dad used to say, if you're old enough to make a mistake, you're old enough to have a baby. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I, uh, I fell off Venom a, a long time ago, and now I'm kind of worried about getting back to it because there's this, like, he's giant and looks like the Red Hulk with no hair. What's going on? In uh, there? There's some space godlike things going on again. So, all right, I mean, all right, all right. It's I, Al Ewing. We, we don't to, need to talk about that. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, like, I fell off Venom. I'm glad to hear it's still good. Maybe one of these days I'll catch up. And, of course, uh, it should be noted that all of these uh, descriptions are from Marvel, which is why they sound right. so exciting. Yeah. Next up is Carnage, the most terrifying villain in the Marvel Universe, has returned. Cletus Cassidy is back in Alex Packnadel and Francesco Mana's Carnage ongoing series. With a renewed purpose, Venom's psychotic offspring is ready to unleash his vengeance on an unsuspecting Marvel Universe and ascend to a glorious new role. After he takes care of Miles Morales, of course. We already talked about that one. The and we've, Miles, got, we've got an oh, yeah, active nerd bet. That this we is, have an active nerd bet yeah. about how that storyline is going to lead into Coven of Chaos. No, not Coven of Chaos. The Jonathan Hickman. Yes. No, the Jonathan Hickman. Oh, ultimate. Yeah, ultimate. Yeah, uh, the ultimate Jonathan Hickman invasion, ultimate yeah. invasion thing. Uh, next up is Extreme Venomverse, which is good. No! Because the no. regular Venomverse wasn't quite extreme enough for guys like me. But, you know, in the same spirit of Edge of Spider-Verse, this landmark new series will take readers uncharted corners of the symbiote hive with brand new stories by all-star creators. Okay, so this is just jumping around a what-if Venomverse type thing. I can't. They're still this. like they're Mar- they're still chugging out the Spider Verse comics. Yeah, I mean, I don't I get care. it. The, the Venom Verse is something they've already done. I don't need to see Cat. I don't need to see uh, Symbiote hosting Felicia Hardy, a Venom Samurai, or a Venom Space Knight. I don't care. We already had a Venom Space Knight, and I liked that story. It was fun. And uh, yeah, me too. Joe, I'll let you. Moving take, on. I'll let you take Red Goblin since it's your favorite. <laughs> it's my. It's my. It's my. It's my favorite. Again, I can't believe after all these years of us making a joke about. Carnage being called Red Venom. Now we have a character that's called Red Goblin. And, and I get it. Goblin. And there's a, a green <laughs> goblin and a gold goblin. Yeah. And it fits, but it's still, it's still a character wearing a Carnage and he's called Red Goblin. There it's so go. stupid. Spinning out of the pages of Venom, a deadly new goblin takes to the night sky in this ongoing series. Again by uh, writer Alex Packnadel and Marvel Stormbreaker Jan Bazaluda. No, I'm sorry. Basil, Basil Dua. Basil Dua. I've been, we, we've said I've been Basil saying Luda that wrong for, for like 30 years. I'm yep. sorry, Jan. On stands now, the thrilling saga stars Normie Osborne, who's received his own symbiote and embraces his grandfather Norman's legacy by becoming the Red Goblin. But will Normie fulfill his dark destiny as an Osborne, or will he and his symbiote strive to make a difference for the better? <sighs> Nothing says... This kid might turn evil like the name Normie. Yeah, well, and he's got the hair, too. So that doesn't He's help. got the hair. Uh, so Normie, <laughs> Normie Osborne is Harry Osborne's son, grandson of Norman Osborne. We're going to have to do it's a, a full it's a on thing. Uncle Joe's story time on this because I dipped my toe in it and just re- was repelled instantly. Like, ah, <laughs> I don't want to be in that I, I don't really have anything to say about right? Like Red Goblin. That no, I just want to know about. did that. I want to know about Normie. I want to know where that shit came from. I don't know anything about oh, he's, Kurger. Normie's been around since the 80s. That's why I wanted Uncle Joe's storyline because I don't know shit about it. But we can do that later. Okay. All right. Fine. 
We've got another Carnage book, Carnage Reigns, a brutal crossover between Miles Morales and Spider-Man and Carnage and the Red Goblin. This is the book we talked about. That's the crossover where they're fighting each other. Is it called Carnage Reigns? It's called Carnage Reigns, yeah. And then Cult of Carnage, Misery, the mother of all symbiote stories from writer Sabir Perzada. I don't know who that is. And artist Francesco Moore. Francesco Mortarino, starring Liz Allen as the new Misery. Is Misery one of the female? Who's the old? Well, I, I guess, but yeah. who's the old Misery? I don't know. Limit series kicks off when the Life Foundation symbiotes Toxin and the others are mysteriously stolen, but by whom and why? Regardless, it's up to Liz to save the symbiotes before they can fall into the wrong hands and unleash untold havoc across the Marvel Universe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so misery. Misery appears to be sort of like there's a Mister Misery. Oh, misery. There we go. Symbiote. Different misery appear. Mystery uh, misery appears to be sort of like malice. The X Men villain. Mm-hmm. It's a symbiote that has attached itself to multiple hosts. I don't know where this even came from. First yeah. appearance of misery. First appearance unknown. Um, that's this is a bad fandom page. Yeah, it really is. Misery is not uh, historically a, a female symbiote. The symbiote was originally a dude, or at least attached to a dude. Yeah, and it is not Mister Mystery, Mister Misery. Mister Misery is from a Doctor different Strange. character, <laughs> so we don't know. Yeah. Lay it on us. Somebody lay it on us. We need to know who Misery is. I would really rather you didn't. I don't want to know. <laughs> I, I, re- I don't want to know any more about Misery. Hit me. I need um, to know. So hold on, hold on, wait. I know I said it's enough, but it's not enough, Matt, because now they're telling me that not only is Normie Osborne a symbiote host, but his mom, Liz Allen, is a symbiote host. That might be who's joining the family. Why? Uh, okay. You know. Let's talk about something we neither one of us uh, will definitely not read. Uh, the Edge of Venom vs. Infinity comic. Yeah. Even Marvel Unlimited isn't safe from the Summer of Symbiotes. Learn about an exciting upcoming symbiote series. Oh, no, this is just saying uh, yeah. watch the watch the CTE to 2023 panel for more information on that. Uh, we're being very dismissive, and I apologize. It's just... No, we'll talk about that in a second here. Let's just finish it. All right. Finally, we have the death of the Venomverse. It's all leading to this. The epic adventures above, I see what we just talked about, are spiraling towards an explosive destination, and not all your favorite symbiotes will survive the journey. Round of applause, folks. They're going to kill some of them. <laughs> the Carnage symbiote is more bloodthirsty than ever and heads to the multiverse for its greatest killing spree. But what is it after? Find out more at C2E2. Okay, so... Why are we being dismissive of this? One, I would say, and correct me if you don't agree with this, but from my point of view, I'm sick and tired of the symbiotes. There's too many of them, and they all have the same story. And that story is, there's two variations. I'm the symbiote that's trying to be good, but it's so hard not to fall on my evil side. And I'm the symbiote that's just completely evil. Join me and we'll be more powerful, Luke. I mean, Venom. I mean, Miles. <laughs> like, whoever, you know. like Normie. That's, yeah. And that's <laughs> right. it. And you just, like, they're telling this same story over and over again and taking it into the multiverse. Look, it was clever. When we saw Venom, you know, fight a space god and it turned out that he was tied to like Asgard and all that shit. And like that was very well done and very clever. Yeah. King in Black. That's like that's was great. A, a story that that's a story that feels like it had 
forethought and planning. Right. And there was an arc in like a planned arc in mind, Donnie Cates. And, and then uh, the ultimate carnage thing or whatever. Well, I can't remember what it's called. Carnage, maximum carnage. Max, absolute carnage. carnage absolute carnage. Yeah. Absolute carnage was the next logical, crazy step for Donnie Cates to take of that. A lot of fun. I had a great time with it. Taking it into the multiverse. And uh, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> An argument can be made that. Multiverse aside, because you could do anything in the multiverse. You could be right. like, yeah, there's a T-Rex that's got a venom on him. And, yeah. I, and I think they've done that. Yeah. There was a devil dinosaur that had a symbiote. Yeah. And, you know, so it's like, oh, yeah, this one's the Hulk and it's a symbiote. So that's obviously different than a normal, you know, whatever. Right. In the Marvel Universe, all of the symbiotes are essentially the same character. Yeah. They're not. It's not. I don't just mean like their personalities like you described. I mean, are there any symbiotes that don't just have like gooey knife powers and you know well, like we learned that they're not that bad they're sort of like the changeling no i know Star but Trek. like they got when they broke off from their original hive they were polluted and stuff like that I, and i get that you know? but i mean as far as they're as far as what makes them different right is there a symbiote currently in the in the main marvel universe that's got something going for it other than wet knives scream Scream is not a symbiote. Yeah, does she wear a symbiote? I thought she wore a red one. Or did she just wear one for a while? Shriek is that. Shriek. Shriek is who I'm thinking of. Shriek. Uh, but uh, but Shriek was in Maximum Carnage. Right. And she was like, she and Carnage were like lovers. Yeah. And she just had like Sonic Sonic Scream. Oh, powers. I thought she wore a symbiote. Like whether or not they, whether they gave her a symbiote or not, I could not say. Yeah. Maybe they did. But no, you're Maybe right. They All they do is make knives and eat people. You know, like it's. It a, is a, it's, it's a like bunch what? of I want to eat your brain. That's what it it's is. It's like the, it, <laughs> it's like the it's the law of diminishing returns. Every every yeah. new symbiote character, unless they actually do something different, and I'll give them credit where it's due. Red Goblin at least is also got Goblin stuff. And I'll say it's this. not just the Carnage. I stuff. really like Pack Needle. He's a good writer. I do too. I don't care about the symbiote. I think he's got a tough job making me interested about the red goblin. <laughs> I think it's a tough job. I'm not saying I wouldn't take it. If I'm him, foot in the door, and, do the best you can. And maybe something big does happen with this Miles Morales thing. It's all part of it. We'll see. And I think that there's also a difference and a, a no shade meant to anybody. But I think there's a difference between somebody who's been hired to do a job and somebody that's Pitched a, a, a storyline for a character and then been hired to do yeah. that job. Yeah. Donnie Cates clearly had like came up with a plan. Oh, for sure. For the Venom care. Like he must have, I assume he pitched this to Marvel and Marvel was like, yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. Without a doubt. Yeah. But this sounds like something that the Marvel marketing machine. Yes. Came up with, and now they are hiring creators to execute the plan. Right. And that is not. That doesn't fill me full of confidence. Here's how we know. Because they announced this crossover stuff a couple months ago. And then they, they were did. like, suddenly they went, oh, crap, it is the 35th anniversary of Venom? Throw something together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 but you're, you're absolutely right. Um, Venom, great. Love the guy. Mm -hmm. Carnage, not so much, but Can whatever. Can be interesting, though. Can be interesting. But, uh, but also, yeah, Carnage. Is a variation on Venom. Right. Carnage has his own, you know, personality, and it's like, okay, I get it. Sure. Every single symbiote character 
after the invention of Carnage has been one symbiote too many. Yeah, I agree. It's too many. And the thing that makes every it, single one, the thing that makes it interesting is, you know, that seven of nine, like, look, the Borg are the Borg. They do the thing. But the reason seven of nine is interesting is because she's separated and she's yep. kind of doing her own thing. You know what I don't and need? 15 10, seven more. Of nine. Yeah. I don't need one right. through nine. <laughs> like, just give me seven. I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah. What's seven, what's seven of six up to? Yeah. Like, oh, having you know, very no, similar it, problems. <laughs> but you're, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And it, it's just, it, they keep, shoving these symbiotes down our throats and people are buying them because venom is cool. And I just, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I don't care. I'm with you. I barely care. Let's talk about something we might care about a little more. Jerry Duggan is out to prove he don't need no Jonathan Hickman to kill the X-Men. The current (laughs) X and Iron Man writer has been steering Krakoa toward the next big X event, Joe, and they're calling it Fall of X, which will co-star Iron Man. Which is, you know, nice because he's writing both books. <laughs> Make, makes total sense. Starting in June's X-Men 23 from Duggan and artist Joshua Cassera, the X-Men will have to deal with roaming bands of Sentinels souped up with Stark tech, though yeah. Tony Stark himself will be on the X-Men's side to oppose the mutant hunting killer robots. So, Well, that's the thing is like Stark is not in charge of his own company anymore. No. Like it's... And well, yeah. and we're going to find out that same week in Iron Man number seven from Duggan and Juan Fregari is going to introduce a new Iron Man armor built for the specific purpose of infiltrating Tony's own former company, Stark Unlimited, which is Ooh. now owned by the villainous Faye Long of the anti-mutant group Orcus. That guy. Yeah. So Orcus has the Stark tech. This is kind of fun. <laughs> It is fun, and that's uh, bad news. <laughs> yeah, real bad news. And then July 26, Iron Man number eight, also from Duggan and Frigary, will tie into the 2023 edition of Krakoa's annual Hellfire Gala. We love that, which brings all the X-Men to Krakoa, leaving Iron Man to take on the Stark Sentinels all alone. So the X-Men are like, we got a big party we got to go to. Can you handle this for a little bit? <laughs> And, uh, and like Iron Man is there doing the thing. And then all of a sudden Sentinels show up. <laughs> the, that Hellfire Gala event also takes place in its own July one shot, which is different than what they've done before. But along with the now annual comic book event, Marvel will host a real world Hellfire Gala for fans and cosplayers at San Diego Comic-Con. That's kind of fun. That is kind of fun. Joe Patrick. Is this the if they, end? If, they, if those people do not, if there aren't a bunch of people that heard that and show up in Russell Dodderman inspired X-Men gowns, oh, yeah. I will be pissed. Well, if Marvel's smart, they'll throw some money at some designers to put some of these together. I mean, come well, on. and also like get make, some of those professional costumes. Make on that some shit, of these please. costumes. That would be cool. But Joe, the big question here, is this the end of the Hickman Krakoa X-Men experiment? And if so, are we ready? Like, are we done with this? Has this run its course? If this uh, is the end, I mean, is that okay? I mean, if they decide that it's over, then that's fine. Uh, I'm personally still having fun with Krakoa. I am um, too. If they're not careful, at times it does feel a little bit like they're spinning their wheels because Hickman yeah. left, and yeah, you know that was the report, right? That the writers wanted to like keep it going with the Phase One, and that's why he moved on to do other things, right? Because he he was, he was like, "That's great, you guys have fun, have a great time, sure." And you know, when when you guys when you're ready to move it all along, come, give me a call and I'll come back. And that's what's happened. And they he came back for a couple of things. He came back. Uh, he did that Inferno event. 
thought maybe one other time, but uh, um, I think that was really it. I think he did the Inferno event. But I mean, but you know what I mean? But the Inferno event was like the big thing where it's like, that was a complete paradigm shift where it's like, oh no, Moira is mad now and she's gone evil. Right. Like, and so that was like a big shift in the whole Krakoan thing. Is this going to be the next shift in the Krakoan experiment i don't know is fall of x really the end of this era i kind of doubt it probably not the end i i don't disagree but i will say i'm not like exhausted by it. i'm still having fun in krakoa i'm not exhausted by but it. they are getting into some stuff where i'm i i will roll my eyes a little bit i'm like oh the children of the vault have been there for thousands of years and there's that whole thing and we got old man like old man old, all new old, wolverine old, old man laura right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like and regular laura and like all this other stuff happening it might not be bad and maybe we don't end the whole Krokoa thing well but also evil beast yeah you know we need to, something that i think is fascinating it's great but and probably part I don't of want that to be. I don't well. want that to be how the beast is forever. But I think they can fix that in Sins of Sinister and, the, and finishing that out. When we come back, I'm hoping there's some stuff that's slightly different that leads into like if the of if beast if beast dies and they have to bring him back from like his very first or, backup or they just bring him back without the sin like they go all right we all had Sinister in us we got to bring everybody back we got to kill everybody and bring oh, everybody well, back I, that's you know that might be going a little far i don't know how i don't know how how else are they going to get sinister out of them though that's the I thing mean, it, it doesn't matter whether or not you can hit a reset button that is still committing genocide i don't <laughs> so, disagree but you got this whole fall of x thing this would be a great way to clean all of that up and then restart yeah. on a smaller scale and go okay now we can I, gently it, build back up it's getting a little why, wild that's all i'm saying this is why it's getting I, wild. sure it has. It has. The main reason why I don't think this is the end of that is because they're involving Iron Man. They're not going to make like a two book crossover the end of the Krakoan era of the X-Men. Like, oh, no, there'll be something way bigger. It, but yeah. this is leading toward fall of. I X. mean, will we see will we start to see the 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 facade crumble? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, we've I feel like we've kind of been seeing the facade crumble for oh, definitely. a couple years now. And like, just to and, be clear, this is not Fall of X. This leads to Fall of X, which it will be a huge thing. And the wording is kind of nebulous in this story, but um, this storyline is kind of like the opening yeah. salvo of Fall of X. So it's like Road to Fall of X, right? Essentially, so it's part of it, but also not like the actual. It's event. probably the road to the prelude to Fall of X. Alpha. Yeah, you're right. It's exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. <laughs> Um, I do, I do love the design of these new Sentinels, Iron Man Sentinels. They it look it cool. reminds me a lot. It reminds me a lot of the um, House of M Sentinels that were decked out in that red and silver, yeah. like yeah. that shield uniform kind of look that they had. Yeah, this should be great. Am I am I ready for the X Men to go back to a more traditional or a different status quo? You know. I'm not not ready, don't you but miss, I'm also still kind of enjoying the, myself. Don't you miss the school? Don't you miss? I mean, West, I do, man. I, I do. And like, and there's know. got, and there has to be a logical point for this to end. It can't go on forever. Right. It can't. Right. But I don't know how they're going to get out of this. They just do the thing where like a, they cut to a tent in the woods and uh, Artie is trying to wake Leech up and Leech is like, Bleh, I had the weirdest <laughs> I had dream. the weirdest dream. Artie. And then um, Artie's thought bubbles show like everything that was going on. <laughs> it, 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 no, Jean Grey walks into the bathroom and finds uh, Patrick Duffy in the shower. 
uh, even though his character has been dead for no two one's seasons. Get your fifty-year-old Dallas reference. You get it though, and that's all that matters. Stop it. We will report more on this story yeah. as it develops. We'll cover the hell out of this one on the show. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, before we go, we do have um, news of a creator in need. Longtime Marvel and DC inker Mark Probst needs help. His work has appeared in scores of comics over the past 39 years. Wow. Including Grant Morrison's Action Comics, Mark Waid's JLA Tower of Babel, Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman, and many, many, many more. Mark is sadly on the verge of homelessness after a string of personal and professional losses and he's established a GoFundMe to get back on his feet and get the equipment he needs to get back to work. The guy wants to make comics. Yeah. We're going to put a link to the fundraiser in the show notes for this episode. And you can already find that link in the nerd news channel on our discord. Brian Domingos is the one who brought it to our attention. If you can help in any way, please do. Um, he's not really a name that a lot of comic readers are going to remember but the guy has been making comics for almost 40 years yeah we got to take care of and our own is the point we, because and we've got to we've got to take care of our own we yeah, got an absolutely. industry that does not take care of them think about that all right so i don't want to hear any handouts. no this is an industry that does not take care of its own creators so that leaves it up to us to help them out when they're in need do the right thing okay that is your nerd news update for the week, but we would love to hear what you have to say about these stories. You can join us in our gang hang on Saturdays from 11 to noon or post in our nerd news channel over on our Discord. You know what we got to do? We don't have a question of the week so right now, Joe Patrick, so we have got to set up a new question of the week to kick around. What do we got? Our new question of the week is courtesy of Anthony D via the Discord. What is your favorite comic book page turn? When did the writer and the artist craft a singular moment of turning the page where that next panel just hits you right in the right in the face Ooh. or the gut, yeah. you know, or, you know, the butt, <laughs> right in your butt, right in the butt. This is not necessarily the best issue or the best story. It's just the best page turn moment. And for fun, what is your least favorite? When did you flip the page and exclaim, oh, this book <laughs> i know exactly what your answer is gonna i've be. got <laughs> i've got both of my answers ready to go and we're gonna talk about those next saturday or at this coming saturday as you hear this in the cover to cover gang hang and in the next nerd news update we'll be back next week with the cosmic long box back issue reviews it is women's history month so the cosmic long box has us looking at some classic comics by some classic female creators it should be fun but until next time, true believers, my name is Matt Baum. And I'm the internet's Joe Patrick. And this is a two-headed nerd news update. Signing off.